Welcome to the latest episode of the Daniel Energy Partners In-Basin Observations podcast. This is our first remote podcast that we've had outside of the studio. We're doing it from our office here in Houston. And with me here today is Sean Mitchell and Bob Stanton. Well, Bill, thanks for having us. I think uh, obviously this this podcast is going to be primarily focused on what we saw at the barbecue last week uh, in, in Midland, which was a phenomenal event. Um, and I think first and foremost, I want to shout out to all our sponsors. I can't name them all, but I, I'd be crazy not to name a few. And I'm just going to go through them really quick before we get started. But Latham and Watkins and Target Hospitality as our presenting sponsors, um, can't thank them enough for their support there. Uh, Dragon Products, who stepped up in a meaningful way as a cherry sponsor. Uh, the entire Piper Sandler team, Victoria Beard, Sanjeev. I mean, they've been an amazing partners, uh, not just in supporting uh, DEP, all events DEP, but they actually stepped up and they were the sponsor for the judging tent at the barbecue. And again, just can't thank them enough for their support. And then um, Inveris and Warren Cat, they sponsored the VIP tent, which we'll talk a little bit about later, which was an amazing place to be at the barbecue. J&J Tamez for sponsoring Shane Smith and the Saints. Uh, that was the kind of uh, keynote or, or title band on Thursday night. So they provide the live music. And then uh, just all the, the, the larger sponsors of the event uh, at the barbecue, and I'm, I'm going to hit a few here real quick, Halliburton, Technip, NOV, Oil States, AX Compression, GRE, uh, GR Energy Services, Next Year, Alamo, Profrac, Silvertip Completions, and, and a, 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 a real shout-out also here to uh, both Merritt Advisors and David DeRoad at Lockton for their continued support of DEP. Uh, events in general and then you know a huge thank you to our team all you guys did a great job especially bill uh worked tirelessly for uh putting people getting people registered at this event and then we would be crazy not to mention our friends at upright digital mark emicus just crushed it he and the guys uh at uh, lenny at exhibitor uh network i think it helped with the logistics it's just an amazing uh, did an amazing job at this event, but yeah. that kind of leads into like, talk to us, Bill, a little bit. You you, you obviously uh, were there early, but let's just start with who comes to the barbecue. What was the attendance? I mean, you and Bobby had these apps that were tracking our attendance numbers, and I wasn't nearly as involved in that stuff. But let's start there. Like, who comes to the barbecue? Let's talk about attendance. How many people? How many cooking teams? And and, and maybe go from there. Yeah. I mean, look, we've been doing this as DEP now. This is our second year as DEP doing this. Sean and John and the Simmons team have been doing it since 2017, and it's kind of evolved from a couple guys out at the Petroleum Museum just smoking meat and into an event now that has, you know, pretty much every oil field services company there, a ton of operators. We can talk about all those guys and at the end of the day, we ended up with about 3,200 people that showed up to this thing, uh, which we were very nervous about, but it ended up being fantastic. Well, how, how many actually registered? What was it? 3,800. 3,800. Wow. Yeah, like Sean, like you were saying, Bob and I were looking on our the app on our phones, like seeing how many people registered, and we're, we kind of kept 
shaking our heads when it got to well when it got to three thousand and then when it got to thirty eight hundred we were like oh my gosh there's a lot of people coming to this yeah thing. so Bob you were telling me yesterday I think here in the office like you were surprised at the number of E and P uh, attendees I guess I mean I, I I saw a lot myself I mean I know mm. Travis Dice came to our tent yep. uh, the guys from Colgate came I mean like there there were several guys that came yeah. by our tent but maybe just talk to us about how many EMP guys I think it was pretty amazing I think we had you know we, we constantly fight the balance of uh, our primary clients being oil field service service guys and those being the primary cooks and you know they want to be around the operators who provide them their business and uh, I think this year we had, I just kind of went through a quick, quick run through the attendees and it was about a hundred different operators were represented. Uh, some of the bigger ones, ConocoPhillips uh, had a cooking team. They had yeah. about 75 people show up. Diamondback, wow. I don't think they had it. Diamondback. No, they're not. No. They didn't cook. They didn't cook, but they so, had 64 people show up. Yeah. So of the, of the operators that cooked, we only had two of them that actually cooked. cooked I mean, we had yeah. 70 cooking teams. So that's a big number for us. Yeah. Um, but you know the the guys at ConocoPhillips were the first ones to sign up as an operator to cook, cook and yeah. we we really appreciate that. And it's kind of funny you talk to those guys and like, man, we wish some more of our you know our competitors would be out here yeah. doing this too. So maybe yeah. next year. Exxon had Exxon XTO had fifty three, um, Diamondback sixty four. Wow. I think I said Diamondback. Um, but there was good representation pretty much across the board from the people you would think would be there. Um, you know, Devin, Double Eagle, I think, placed in the barbecue. Oventive, EOG, Patriot, Pioneer, Oxy, uh, all, all were present and accounted for in, some pretty, in a pretty big way. Wow. Yes. And then didn't we have uh, – didn't Plains cook as well? Yeah. Plains yeah. actually – Plains All-American cooked, and they had, like, a big Mack truck back there, which is really yeah. cool to see. Like an old one, like not a new one. Well, I mean, the attendance was uh, was phenomenal. I couldn't believe it. I mean, I, the crazy thing is, is with 3,000 people there, I really didn't feel like people were on top of each other, which yep. was kind of nice, too. People could spread out. Um, on the other side of that, though, there were 1,200 people there on Wednesday night. Right. And it felt almost vacuous. I mean, it, it, it just the difference in the pictures from Wednesday night and Thursday night are, are pretty extreme. It was, it was very comfortable both nights. Well, that VIP night was a lot of fun too. It really was. Yeah. So, so maybe kind of lead us into that. That's the attendance and who came to the barbecue, but what are they there for? What are they cooking for? Maybe Bill, I know you were, you were really involved in kind of the, the trophies and the belts. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and I think that's the, that's the main thing, but there's some other things and the reasons why these guys come out and show up to cook and maybe just talk a little bit to that. Um, um, you know, what, what, is this a sanctioned event? Is yeah. this a, is who are the, you know, talk about who the judges are and how they get, you know, uh, uh, educated up on how yeah. to judge the barbecue. Cause I think that's kind of a neat process. Well, look, when I think again, a couple of years ago when this started getting bigger, we decided that Kansas city barbecue society, which, they're the ones that kind of judge all of these competitions. There is a whole subculture of these competitions all over this country, and the Kansas City Barbecue Society is the group that that does it. And so they came in. We had them come in and sanction our event. So you can go onto the Kansas City Barbecue Society website. You will see all the results from the Daniel Energy Partners Permian Basin Barbecue Cookoff and all the scores. But what we do, and what's a big part of this event, is – Traditionally, it's been the oil field service guys as the cookers, 
and the judges being the operators out there. We've mixed it up a little bit more to have a little bit more of both out there, but the judges are taken into a, a judging tent and taught how to properly critique barbecue. I think we all know how to eat barbecue, but I don't know if we properly know how to critique it. Um, they, they have to raise their right hand. It's actually one of the funnier things when, when the judges <laughs> come out of there and they start talking about, man, they were awfully serious in there about this. Well, I had one investor tell me they made it put their beer down, yeah. no drinking while judging, which I thought was really really kind of interesting. That's kind of the point of having it now, but uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and most of those judges, like so, are, it, most of the cooking teams are oil field service companies. Most of the right. judges, I think – or E&P executives yep. and or kind of uh, investors. investors investors and 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 C suite level private. people you know from again from some from some service companies too. Uh, we like to have a good mix there so that that's really an interesting an interesting tent. And so while they're there to cook for the big grand prize right. and the trophy let's talk a little bit about I mean I know last year uh, I think at the barbecue we gave away almost $60,000 right. 30 to the Bynum School, thirty to Wounded Warriors, who the winner, right? You know, chose the charity, the Wounded Warriors charity. We chose DEP, chose Bynum School. What did we do this year? Yes. What was different? So this year, look, I mean, with with that many more people that we had this year, again, we were we didn't probably say this earlier. We were up fifty percent from last year. We had about eighteen hundred people last year, and we're thirty one this year, um, or thirty two hundred people this year. So we increased the the amount that we were giving to charities for both the winner who ended up giving money to the Petroleum Museum in Midland, and then DEP also did fifty thousand dollars. Thirty went to the Bynum School, and twenty went to the the Sky High Children's Ranch in Midland. Got it. And then the, yeah, the other thing that was a little bit different this year, so we gave away more money, which was great. Yep. But the other thing we did this year is we had a VIP kind of party on, what, Wednesday night. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that we had some live music there. I thought that was a fantastic part of the event and, and a little Corey bit of a Morrow. new twist this year. Yeah, right. Corey Morrow played on Wednesday night. And then mm-hmm. we also had on Thursday at noon, around noon, we had a wild game actually – the competition, the competition with another the set of judges, yeah, and a uh, and a cocktail uh, and a cocktail competition. Yeah, like we, you know, with all these teams cooking and everyone coming in, you know, this is again, this is turned from something that you know people kind of rolled smokers in on on Wednesday afternoon, started cooking, and then the the thing happened Thursday night. Now we've got people coming in on Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, and we figured why not have another competition out there and. What, what do people out in West Texas like to do? They like to hunt fish. And we thought a wild game thing would be, a, would be an interesting piece to, to add to the, the puzzle. Well, I think that's a good lead into you know, these – you guys, I think I, – I didn't show up till Wednesday. I had the investors in Houston and then came out late. But you guys got there – Monday. Bob, you got there Monday. Monday night. Monday, Monday night. Yeah. Bill, you did too. And some of the tents you said were already set up. Like, this is a big deal. I mean, no. this is not a – like you said, this didn't roll the smoker in on Wednesday. No. And, right. And start cooking. But talk a little bit about how many how many people moved in early and well, set I up mean, the logistics. You know, we definitely – I can't wait to see the time. You know, the, we're going to get a time-lapse video of everything kind of going up, which is pretty cool. Um, 
you know, we had the the big tents start coming in on Sunday, Sunday yeah. which was, I mean, and Lenny was there marking off all the spots. They were marking, and and we'll get again. This video is kind of cool. I've seen uh, bits and pieces of it. You get you basically see Lenny out in the parking lot, like with the big, with the string out there, kind of getting everything set up, and everything started Sunday. And people started rolling in. You know, I would say the first team to roll in was Signal Peak. Uh, I think they were finished Monday night, yeah. or if not Tuesday morning. They've got that big old bus, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then from there, it just every hour, it seemed like someone else moved in. Got it. Well, and then maybe uh, we talked a little bit about some of the setups earlier and how you know, the, these guys take this seriously. But one of the things I think when I was walking around – I saw, I think it was L.A. Pipe actually yeah. had, in the, for the wild game cook-off, cooked an entire alligator. I think they cooked two. Or maybe they cooked <laughs> two. And they had one on display. It looked like a you know a mounted alligator, but it was smoked. And the meat was pretty good, yeah. I have to say. Um, that was kind of one of my favorites. Uh, I think the, uh, the uh, Halliburton guys had a golf simulator yep. there. There were lots of guys there trying to get closest to the hole to yeah, win Cole a driver. Won. Yeah. Yeah. No, I think well, I was a beneficiary of that. I guess my son ended up winning a driver on closest to the hole, which is surprising because the kid didn't play golf really at all growing up. Uh, but he, he obviously uh, went over to the Halliburton tent. And then I think you were saying, uh, uh, Bill, the baker, what, yeah. what did they cook? They, well, I mean, they went down the, down a, I guess, a rabbit hole on the wild game. I thought it was a grizzly bear boudin <laughs> that they had. And then I think I remind, my, reminded myself that I'm, I'm not sure you're allowed to cook a grizzly, grizzly bear. bear. Yeah. It's a black bear. Yeah, it was a black bear. But didn't they have a stuffed bear they out did. in front of their tent or, or something bear. crazy? I mean, all of the, the setups that everyone had were incredible. I mean, Gladiator had their own band um, out there. That was crazy. Um, Plains All American had like a vintage Mack truck. The NOV guys actually, we we didn't even say that earlier, but the NOV guys did like Margaritaville, which was great. Yeah, that was. And they nice. also had that shirt, the Come and Frack It shirt, which I uh, I made sure that I got I actually one got of those. one of those. Yeah. <laughs> J and J Thomas had five margarita machines. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that was good too. So if you and were then, looking for a margarita machine, you weren't going to find yeah. it. And then one of my favorites too was I think next year had a freaking disco light, <laughs> they did. you know, a smoke machine, huge speakers. I mean, those guys were having a ton of fun. Every every time I walked by there, there was there was a lot going on in that next year tent, yeah, which I think was it's, great. I think it's hard to explain to people that the magnitude of of what these people do to their tents. Yep. And the fact that eighteen wheelers are there dropping off. You know, in Pro Petro's case, a boxcar that turns into a Texas Tech <laughs> viewing station <laughs> with, you know, flat screen TVs and couches and stuff. It, Were it, they it, replaying the tech Texas game? No, I mean, you didn't have to God, bring Thank God, no. Up. I didn't have to watch that. But. Okay. Well, but then on top of that, right, like this is, again, as this has, has evolved, we've got more equipment showing up as well. Exactly. I mean, the Sandex guys had – you know, one of their big sand silos there. The Technip FMC guys had the um, Superfrac Quick Swap. Okay. Looks which like was an part octopus. of their eye complete. It looked like a giant octopus, but I think there, there was definitely lots of people asking questions. Their uh, tent yeah, was right guys. next to ours. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and a bunch of others kind of, I think, Well Boss and, and Gilmore had like small displays as well of their equipment that they were out mm-hmm. showing as well, which I thought was. Hey, again, it goes back to 
this is not, I mean, it is a party and we, everyone had a great time, but people were doing business there as well and making sure they were showing off their, their equipment. Well, and I think the great thing is, as you, you think about how we talked a little bit earlier about this started in 17 with John, really John saying, hey, Sean, let's go out to Midland and cook for 30 or 40 or 50 folks at the Petroleum Museum. And it's amazing to see this thing evolve from that point in time where it actually ended up being 300 people, not yeah. not 30 or 40, uh, into 3,000 people. But it's also turned into, to your point, you know, these guys bring in equipment. It's almost like an expo trade show inside of this barbecue where guys are, you know, truly walking around trying to engage folks on what are your latest and greatest technologies, what are your, you know, Talk to me about what you can do for me. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we talked about the number of EMP operators there. I think they love getting together. I think some people treat it as a, you know, uh, uh, not necessarily an uh, event for their employees, but they wrote some, I think I remember some guys saying, hey, we want to give a lot of our ticket store employees right. to reward them for such great work that they're doing this year. And they love coming out to the barbecue. And then I think the other thing is just, how the tents have evolved. I mean, yeah. our tent, it, <laughs> thanks to Mary Beth and Courtney for putting together a living room with couches and, and chairs and tables and a, and a nice bar with an armoire behind it. I mean, I think we attracted a lot of folks to just come hang out and right. feel like, you know, hey, you're at home. You're hanging out here. And, I mean, I saw several executives come in, hang out on the couches, talk to investors, talk to their customers which I think is a is is a huge deal in this industry. I think these guys like to have fun, but I think they right. also like to kind of hang out and talk to each other. and And I think that was uh, that was great. And then maybe let's talk to the VIP tent. Yeah. I mean, I thought people really enjoyed. I mean, thank God we didn't need the air conditioning, but I was it was, about an, to say, was an air conditioned tent. Weather was fantastic, but and the weather was fantastic. But that tent was amazing, and I think just talk a little bit about how that came about and maybe who was in that tent most of the time. Cause you guys spent a little, probably more, a little more time there than I did. Yeah. Look, the, the VIP tent was really interesting. And, and look that VIP, this again has evolved from Thursday night only to Wednesday and Thursday night. And we, we really wanted to bottle that Wednesday night, you know, and, and have people actually come and enjoy it. And we thought, all right, we need to have this VIP tent so we can have a VIP night and people can walk around. It was right next to the stage, air-conditioned. We had that cool nice. little area where VIPs could stand and view the, the It was bands. kind of fenced off. Yeah. yeah. It was really neat. Yeah, it was great. And, like, and that you know. Air-conditioned um, bathrooms right there behind by Waterfleet. Yeah. Just to drop a promo for them. They were awesome. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a it was a great space and really nice. For, again, so people could go from our tent, or if they didn't want to sit at theirs, you know, and kind of walk around and have a cool place to sit for a little while during the afternoon, which was really nice. Well, and it, I think the the number of investors uh, has increased every year. Yeah, and, and just to kind of to kind of talk uh, about the investors and who came and and kind of what did we learn and what was what were some of the takeaways from from the event. I think. Investors, we had I think forty plus, uh, and they were from all over the country. We had guys from Boston. I think we had guys from New York. We had guys from San Francisco. We had guys from L.A. We had some guys from the Midwest. Don't forget Charlotte uh, and Charlotte. That's right. <laughs> um, we had investors from all over the country, and they were represented by you know large long onlys to hedge fund guys, um, 
kind of coming out. And I think that the crazy thing is these guys were so surprised, especially the guys that come for the first time, yep. by the size and the scale of this barbecue. I think when you invite them to come out, they're like, oh, we're going to a barbecue. They think it's, <laughs> it's two or three guys backyard. cooking barbecue, yeah, yeah. and we're all going to talk about the industry. But I don't think they truly understood the size and the scale. And I think it's hard to explain, as Bob said yesterday. I think it's so hard to explain to people what this event is really all about and what it – what we're doing there. It's also hard, I think, to explain to people that live in New York, San Francisco, people that aren't familiar with kind of the oil field society, for lack of a better word, how kind and nice and generous people are in this yeah. industry. Well, and I think the other thing that I got from investors was the makeup. It ranges from, you know, the CEO right, of absolutely. Diamondback down yep. to the the field level guy that works for JJ Tomes, right? Also, yep. the it, it's, board it's members the, are walking around. Board members, yep. executives, uh, field folks. Uh, I guess when you have three thousand plus people, you're going to have a good mix of folks. Yep. But uh, I thought that was great. And then the other thing that I I thought was really nice is we did a investor dinner with all the investors and thanks to our friends over at Bank of America, That's Chase right. Mulvill, uh, they kind of helped sponsor and really sponsored the dinner. Um, we invited a bunch of the company guys, they invited some company guys and then we brought all the investors together at Midland Country Club and just kind of really had a big dinner. Yep. Gave the investors some quiet time with, with, um, with, the, with the executives from the companies. I would say the biggest takeaways for me in terms of what are the investors thinking what is the sentiment like out there is number one you know coming out of our scotland event in late august we heard from some private operators that they were going to start letting rigs go activity might subdue in the fourth quarter and i think we 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 got several anecdotes up to the barbecue of of guys on the private side laying down rigs and really kind of slowing activity down i think what i saw in Midland, and I think what some of the investors were a little surprised by is even though there's talk about privates laying down rigs, and I think they are, you're seeing it, the rig count yeah. is definitely flattened. We, we've talked about that. Um, activity in Midland still seems so robust. And, yep. the, and the service guys, whether you're a, a frack company, whether you're a cold tubing company, whether you're a, a drilling company, it yep. seems like those guys are super busy. Yeah. Things are busy. still super tight. In Midland, and and Bill, I think you you threw out an anecdote about I can't remember what you said uh, when you you know it's tight in Midland. You know things are really busy in Midland. Yeah, you know things are really bu- busy in Midland when you're driving around and you might get hit by a sand truck, you're, or you feel like it's a little unsafe. That's yeah. usually when things are a little yeah, busy so out I, there. I, I think number one is just like man, it, while while the the activity levels might be taking a breather here in the fourth quarter, overall. Midland seems very, very tight still, yep, yep. and and I think the, the the all the service, like I said, all the service companies have kind of kind of reiterated that. I think top of mind of most of the investors, uh, unfortunately, last week crude was getting smoked. Recessionary yeah. fears came into play. You know, ha- how do you fix that? Well, look, we're not we're we're certainly not macroeconomists, and we're not going to predict whether we're going. What I think is interesting is everyone keeps talking about. Going into recession, we're probably gonna go into recession. It's I think not. We already it's, are. it's 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 it, or we're already there. It's just what's the magnitude? What's right. the, how, how long is it? What's the duration? What's the duration? Like? Yeah. yeah. And then I think when you think about uh, some other things that we heard out there, that was you know as we talk about this new Bobby, I think mentioned it in our our morning meeting is the E and P discipline and the new model yep. of returning cash to shareholders and and the reinvestment rates 
are so low today relative to where they've been. It's mind-blowing. Uh, it is mind-blowing. And I think that discipline, though, I think is actually uh, going into the other side where the service companies right, right. Are, are being super disciplined about uh, and Bill, you mentioned yeah. this in our meet, our morning meeting. Just this talk a little a, bit about like the it's it's crazy. These guys are not out building new equipment when you think they would be, given where pricing is today. Right. Like at this point in the cycle, traditionally, this is where you would see new capital coming in and building a fleet of uh, doesn't matter. And the talk amongst all the the service providers is when is that going to happen? And it just does not seem to be the case at all right now. I remember Which, back when I was at Simmons. We had all those pressure pumping manufacturers just come. Yeah, they just, just kind of came out of the blue, and well, it was a question of how many frac fleets they could put out a month. Well, and I think that the the difference, right? There, there's a couple of things, right? Number one, I think you've got access to capital. Right, is different. I, I totally don't think different. there's. I don't think there's an, enough people out there supporting this industry. Number two, one of the things, two of the things we heard, two examples we heard at the barbecue talking to one of the big engine providers. He yeah. said, if you order an engine today, Sean, you order it today, write us a check today. You're not getting the engine until Q3 of 23. One of their competitors, this is from an investor, one of their competitors basically said, same yeah. thing, probably don't see it till Q4 of 23. Right. So even if you wanted to build a new frack fleet, I think it, it would take some time. Right. I think there's supply chain problems across the, uh, the, the industry. Right. And then I think the other thing we heard in spades i mean just every every time i turned around i would ask the question and we a lot of people talking about is production casing yeah i mean huge problem for the industry right now i think it's getting better getting better it's getting better but it's still a problem when you talk to guys and then the other one kind of lastly is just kind of the the waha gases one one investor's words waha gas is going to be severely compromised next year and then he also mentioned to me mobile i guess as he was walking around talking to people mobile sand mines might be a threat to uh to the industry i guess he 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 was really concerned about sand but um the other thing i think uh just from the investor side as as crude was getting crushed last week the stocks got crushed um you know and then you come in this weekend and there's the kind of rumblings of OPEC cutting. Well, we got yeah. the announcement today. They're cutting. They're basically saying they're going to cut two million barrels. I, you know, are they physically actually taking two million barrels off the market? I think it's going to be real important uh, to me. Again, we're not macroeconomists here at Daniel Energy Partners, but to me, just the the signal OPEC is sending. In my opinion, this is just me. Is we're going to support price. Yeah. Right. Um, the, I think they are absolutely. Uh, going to sports price, I think the biggest uh, focus should be if you're if you're watching this stuff is what is Saudi doing? Right. What is their actual production? What's happening to their production? What are they doing? Because Versus think, what they're yeah what yeah the, what the PR what the PR statement yeah. says. Yeah. So I mean, I, I think from that standpoint, um, it's a good signal. And obviously, right. crude's up huge, and the stocks were up big yesterday. So I mean, like we've got implied demand coming from you know refilling our SPR alone. Yeah, no, that I mean, I think when you look at the inventory situation, yeah. right, forget about the SP, especially with the SPR releases, uh, the inventory situation is pretty dang tight. And as as our partner, Jeff Jay likes to say, I don't, I don't think we've ever gone into a uh, recessionary time period with inventories this low, right, which I think is important to remember. So I think the setup from the investment community from the guys that were there, 
look, I think they some of these guys came last year, and their takeaway last year was, wow, traditional energy needs to be a place where our generalist PMs need to be. Right. Mm-hmm. I think this year I would say they're walking away with the same impression here. Like the, the, the things are still pretty tight uh, for the industry, and the setup for 2023 all in all, looks really good yeah. for the energy sector, especially relative just to the broader market. Absolutely, so really. I, I, I think it's. Uh, I think we're in for a, for a, for a good time for uh, for this sector for 2023. Yeah, and you know the other one that I was, again, we take all these anecdotes from you know li- literally sitting down on a couch with with an EMP exec or an investor and whatnot. And one of the other things I know I sent this around to the team. The Dallas Fed survey came out last week, and we really haven't totally dissected it yet but almost all these exact same comments are in there in in the commentary yeah and it's it's one of those that's one of my favorite quarterly reads because there's always something interesting in there either forward looking or or kind of backward looking that you kind of missed and i think even one of the comments from that i I, like you said i hadn't fully dissected it yet but one of the comments i read last night was one of the emps complaining about our ability to ramp production, yep. our ability to produce more oil and gas is somewhat limited by the capacity constraints on the service side, right. which is the tightness we're talking about. Right? Exactly, and which I we think, see it for, firsthand in Midland every I, time you go. I think the other thing is one of the investors said, well, you know, what was your takeaway? And he said, you know, EMPs are just hoping and praying pricing comes down, right. which to me, again, says activity flat. Service companies seem pretty uh, content with where their pricing is right. today. Oh, and or where it's going, even in a flat activity environment That's from right. here. So I think things are really tight. Uh, the setup's good for 23. Let's go, Bill. Yep. Let's turn to what everyone's been waiting what to hear. What everyone's somewhat been waiting to hear, which yeah. is like, what? who are the winners right. of the barbecue? <laughs> yeah, so like we mentioned earlier, you know, this is not, you know, it isn't like Sean and Bob and John and I sat around and said, okay, this is the winner. You know, we had 70 judges or 77 judges in a room that went through and they didn't eat 77 pieces of meat, um, but they ate and, and you know, actually judged this. So in the overall competition, the, the winner was um, a company called Valtech. Um, new entrant. Fluid, the new entrant. They make fluid ends. They went after it. So they were the, the grand champion. Top three in all three categories. Yeah. And then the reserve champion, and this is how they refer to it at Kansas City Barbecue Society. The reserve champion, which is second place, uh, was Covia. So a sand company uh, wins uh, wins second place. And then we we had to say the third place winner was our top operator out there was Double Eagle was the third place overall. That's kind of awesome though to have yeah. an operator yeah. cook for the first time in this event and actually place in the top three. That's impressive. Yeah. And Where do we finish? So and and Daniel Energy Partners improved year on year, so that's good. So we finished in thirty second place. I don't think there's a we. I think it's all John. Yeah, well, that's true. Hey, John. You know, that's we, right. That's right. John and Carolyn. Carolyn yeah. did a lot of work over that's there. That's right. It's teamwork, Bob. Mm-hmm. It's it is teamwork. teamwork. Work. I just didn't help at all. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then, and then, you so, drank plenty. Right. Hey, 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 hey. Don't tell John. And then, so the two pieces that make this up, the overall, are brisket and ribs. Um, so, first place in brisket was, was Valtec. Uh, second place was Caterpillar. And third place, um, previously mentioned, was Technip FMC on, on the brisket John side. John was 11. John was 11 there. Um, and then on the ribs category, Cud finished in first place. Uh, Valtech again in second place, and then Ortec OMT was uh, third place on the on the ribs. 
And then who won the fan favorite? So J&J Tamez won the fan favorite, and that is the, the host fan of favorite. the five margarita machine. Yeah. Wow. They, they, end up, they end up with this big uh, you know, faux wrestling belt, which everyone really likes to have, sponsored by Lime Rock Partners. Those guys really wanted it. <laughs> um, they were great guys. And then the wild game winner was BJ Services, and the cocktail winner was Baker Hughes. Well, that's a great recap. Um, I would and- I would just also just throw in real quick if you if you if you're on LinkedIn in the oil and gas industry, you will see videos, pictures from all the participants from us. Um, it, some of the you can just kind of get a better grasp on the magnitude of this thing. Yeah. Well, I think that's that's a good uh, lead into hey, if you want to participate right in the barbecue next year, reach out to to any one of us. Uh, at Daniel Energy Partners. And then, you know, obviously we like to do a lot of events. Bill, maybe what's next for us? I mean, I know you and I are going to Fort Worth next week to right. meet with a CEO to sit down and talk about a guy who manufactures a certain type of equipment. It'll be a very right. interesting it podcast. Should, it should be interesting, um, and it'll be our second remote podcast. Where we, I think we said this last time, but we are going to make a much more concerted effort to be on a good schedule doing this podcast Please also, you know, give us some feedback on what what you think we're doing well, and don't tell us about what we're doing badly. Um, or what are some of the other events? Get rid of that, that Stanton guy. Yeah. So, all right. So our next thing is our semi annual um, golf event at Kingwood Country Club on October twenty first. We do that twice a year. It's very low key, but everyone in the Houston area and especially on the north side really likes that event. We have guys who come in from out of town too. So yeah, yeah for sure. If you're interested? Come on. And then after that, we are having our quarterly, our you know Midland quarterly reception at the usual spot, uh, November 9th. Um, that's you know, Piper Sandler's going to help us out with that. Again, reach out if you're interested in attending that one. And then finally, uh, we're having the, our our Daniel Energy Partners Christmas uh, party at Sean's house. We won't give you the address, um, but if you know, then you can you know email one of us about. Yeah, it as and that's well. December 8th. Eighth, and I think Bobby's going to secure. Signal Peaks Cook. Oh, nice. And then, didn't you say that yesterday? You were... uh, I, I, I I thought that might be a good idea. <laughs> no, my wife would appreciate it. Yeah. Freddie. We'll get Freddie. Well, with that, look, yeah. guys, great event. Uh, Bill, thanks for putting the podcast together today. Uh, it's been fun kind of rehashing yeah. such a great week uh, in Midland. And, again, thanks to all our sponsors and, and uh, subscribers out there and that uh, help support yeah. this event. Yeah, I mean, again, as usual, John's on the road, so and we'll be on the road next week. So um, reach out if you're interested in being a part of Daniel Energy Partners. Thanks. See you, guys.